The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Today, we will be sharing on what to title The Point of Prayer. Um, last week, we looked at the point of praise. And today, we are looking at the point of prayer. And our text remains Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16, from verse 25. It says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And sang praises to God. They did what? They prayed. It was both a point of prayer and a point of praise. I sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison prison were shaken. And immediately... All the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. In the name of Jesus, every prison door will be blasted open and everybody's bands will be loosed. You know, um, the place of suffering as a Christian is not a popular place, neither is it um, frequently talked about. You know, we tend to believe that once you're a believer in Christ, everything becomes smooth. That is not true. That is not true. That is not true. You know, we're told that um, inside Jesus, brother, no wahala for you. I don't know if you remember that song. That song is not scripturally sound. Because as Christians, we will have Pains. We will go through challenges. Anyone that tells you otherwise is lying to you. We will go through challenges. Paul and Silas in this story were just minding their business, doing God's work. Saw someone possessed of the devil. They cast out the demon and they landed in prison. I mean, They were right in the middle of God's will for their lives. So sometimes when Christians go through um, challenges, we, we, um, people say to us, Oh, what have you, who have you offended? Um, you know, maybe you're not in God's will for your life. Why those things? I mean, it's possible. There are possibilities. However, it is possible to be in God's will and be faced with a prison and shackles situation. It's possible to be smack in the middle of God's will, yet you are dealing with things that sometimes are so painful. But you see, the difference is that for us as believers, the pain is not the end of the story. Praise the name of the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 1 Peter 5, verse 10 says, in his kindness, God, 
called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. Now, so after you have suffered a little while, he will restore you. He will support you. He will strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. So, you know, suffering, the Bible says, is for a little while. So it happens, the little while, you know, sometimes little while with God, you know, little while, God didn't give us specification of the timing of the little while. But it is going to come to pass. That's what he assures us. And when it comes to pass, God is going to restore, which means everything you have lost will be fully restored in the name of Jesus. God is going to support you and strengthen you and establish you. So how do we move from that point of pain and suffering to the point of progress and pleasure that is described in the the word of God? How do we move from the point of difficulty to a place of dancing? How do we move from a place of weeping to a place of laughing? And we looked at the, the first point last week, which is the point of praise. And today, we are looking at the point of prayer. So, praise and prayer, today our focus is prayer, forms the bridge from the place of suffering to the place of restoration. So, is any afflicted, let him pray, the Bible says. Why? Because prayer is the channel, is, 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 is the connection between where we currently are, which is, um, if it's um, undesirable, to where we ought to be, which is a, a, a desired place. You know, unfortunately, a lot of the time, we have been talked out of prayer. You know, the, the enemy tries to convince Christians these days, oh, there is too much prayer, you guys pray too much. Now the question is, why is it of interest to you? Is it disturbing you? You know, so, someone has said to me that, oh, a friend, you know, I um, has a challenge with, with God's favorite house at the time, you know. <laughs> if she, even now we are praying more by God's grace. You know, I was an issue. This, we pray too much in that church. We pray too much. I said, okay, it's, it's disturbing you. Your spirit is not going with uh, the prayer. I hope it's not Ogbanje. <laughs> so so, so the, the necessity of prayer cannot be overemphasized. The necessity of prayer cannot be overemphasized. If the enemy can talk you out of prayer, the enemy will have succeeded, but he will fail in the name of Jesus. If the enemy can convince you out of the place of prayer, the enemy just needs to go and throw a party because it's, it's auto-run, everything that happens next. And as believers, we are totally equipped for life and battle. We are equipped. We are armed to the teeth. Be- not because of us, but because of Christ. Because of what Jesus has done for us. 
But like the children of Ephraim, in Psalm 78, and this is the story of many believers. It says, the warriors of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned their back and fled on the day of battle. They were armed. The, the Christian is armed with the name of Jesus, with the blood of Jesus, with the word of God, with, I mean, spiritual arsenals. But we sometimes turn our back. God doesn't, I want you to just make up your mind that in the name of Jesus, on your way to your fulfilling your destiny, any battle that comes your way, you will not turn, turn your back on it. In fact, if you look at the whole armor of God, it's only the front that is protected. Remember the salvation, shield of faith, perspective of righteousness, um, girdle of peace, standard, everything is protecting the front. There's nothing protecting the back. So when you turn your back, many times you think, oh, let me escape. Oh, no, there's nothing like that. You are in battle and you will win in the name of Jesus. You need to make up your mind, I'm going to stand my ground and I'm going to push back on the forces of darkness and they will be dispelled in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, the word of God says, for instance, in, in, in Proverbs 18, verse 10, Proverbs 13, 10, that the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. What does that tell you? The righteous that doesn't run into the name of the Lord is not safe. It's, it's not enough to be a Christian. Folks think, oh, once I'm a Christian, the devil will leave me alone. In fact, the more reason why the devil will not leave me alone. Now you're like, okay, pastor, you know, and some people are still on, they're still saying, oh, is there really a devil, you know? Are there really um, spiritual forces, you know? <laughs> uh, just, for those of us from, from this part of the world, we don't struggle with that, do we? We, we don't, we don't. We understand remote control. <laughs> well, my colleagues, you know, I have friends, uh, you know, pastoring outside of the, the, the country, and they're like, Is, are these things, are they, are they real? <laughs> Proverbs 18. Uh, Proverbs 18, 10 says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. The righteous run in and are safe. Now, if you look at how the whole thing plays out, it means that that strong tower has to be deployed. You need to maximize your stronghold. You need to be under the covering of your strong fortress. So the place of prayer is, is 
the place where we, by the grace of God, unleash supernatural forces to work on our behalf. The place of prayer is the bridge. The point of prayer is actually the bridge between the natural and the supernatural. So, what am I saying? Prayer opens the door to the supernatural. Prayer opens the door to the supernatural. Prayer opens the door to the supernatural. There's a um, defining scripture for me as, as a believer that changed a whole lot of things for me years ago, about, about 20 years ago. And it's in Matthew 7. Verse 8. I mean, when I read this scripture, it, 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 it blew me away. This is where the words of Jesus himself. He said, for everyone that asks, receives. Uh-uh. I said, wait, what's there? Everyone. Is that everyone? What does everyone mean? Does that include me? I mean, I was like, no. Everyone means everyone. Everyone that asks receives. Everyone that seeks. Everyone who seeks does what? Finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So my approach to prayer changed totally. That I am going to ask and I am going to receive. I am going to seek and I am going to find. I am going to knock and the door will be opened. When you come to God with the understanding of the scriptures. Now, another thing I said to myself back then, I said, said, did did anybody put a gun on Jesus' head to make this statement? Did he make it under duress? No. No one forced him to do it. He made it himself. Everyone who asks, receives. Prayer opens the door to the supernatural. When you need to change things, you need to pray. When you need to turn things around, you need to pray. I can give you stories and stories and stories of how prayer has changed situations. I mean, a lot of you are life witnesses also. Things that have been declared Forget it. But prayer opens the door and God moves in. What are you facing today? What are you facing? What, what is that thing that ruffles you? Perhaps when you think about it, your heart skips a bit. What's that thing? Bring it to the place of prayer. And you'll be amazed how God will move on your behalf. And that's just how it is. God just wants you to speak. He wants to hear your voice. God wants you to, in fact, in the, in the supernatural, the voice is, is like the trigger in the supernatural. So when when. Something 
is when there's a stalemate or there's, there's a, there's a um, death situation or whatever in the, in the supernatural, there has to be a voice. And it is the speaking of that voice that changes things. When, when Genesis 1 1, when the earth was without form and void, darkness was upon the face of the deep. God said, God spoke. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God has created you and I in his image. So God wants you and I to bring our voices. God wants to hear your voice. Heaven wants to hear your voice. Heaven wants to hear your own voice. God wants you to bring your voice to bear in the situation. It really doesn't matter what you're facing. If you can bring your voice in the supernatural, you can change it in the physical. There are things that have been certified that even prophetically that has been spoken of and has been like sealed, so to, so to speak, that, oh, this cannot happen. You know? But your voice, uh, you can show up in the presence of God and make your voice count and change it. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, I've shared this testimony before. Many of us, it's our testimony, you know, of, of this land that we are on today. You know, when we were in Orchid um, Hotels, you know, we, from a resource standpoint, we couldn't afford the land. From, <laughs> it was just a joke. If you look at our cash flow, I look at, I look at the cost of the land. It was a joke. But from, it got to a point that from a spiritual standpoint, the door had shut. Now, I was, I don't know if I was praying, but I was my wife, you know, and I saw that there are these two prophetic people that they are our friends. They saw, God showed them that the door had shut. They didn't rejoice, right? But they were like, hey, yeah. You know, you know that kind of a yeah. Oh, my show. Everyone that is saying oh, my show for you. We come back and rejoice with you. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. So I saw it in the spirit. And, and I, I said to my wife, this is what has just happened. This is what, this, this person and this person. This is what they have just said. And I said to her, as God leaves, we are going to take that land. And we began to speak in the spiritual realm. No, why is it spiritual realm? Don't think it's spooky, spooky. Get up and use your mouth. Midnight. Speak it. Here we are today. Change everything. Change the decree. Change the handwriting. In the name of Jesus. Change everything. Change even... The prophetic guys, it wasn't that. They, they saw the writing on the wall. That's, they, they were just prophetic. They just saw the writing on the wall. But guess what? Even when a prophet tells you, prophet of God, this is what God has said. And he's not lying. 
This thing I'm teaching you, you can go to God and cancel it. And it will remain canceled. But a lot of believers, they don't even know that are left from our right. You hear something, you're shaking. You ordinary doctor's report, not even a prophet's report. I, don't, I love doctors, though. I mean, you have to respect doctors. They are, they've done, they've helped. I go to the hospital. I'm not one of the Christians that says that they don't go to the hospital. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but when they say this is what they have seen, they are just telling you facts. They don't hate you. In fact, they love you. They are serving humanity. But you need to decide whose reports you are going to believe. That's your call. That's your call. They've done their job, but that's your call. Whose report? But I chose that day. I think I was, it was, I was in North Carolina. Yeah, my wife was in there. I called her when this whole thing happened. I said that except God hasn't called us. If God hasn't called us, then the land can go. If God has called us, as God lives, we will be on that land. So I want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't despair. There's a story in 2 Kings, 2 Kings 20. I mean, if, if you look at that story, the story of Ezekiah, the king. It says, in those days, Ezekiah became ill and was at the point of what? He was at the point of death. But the point of prayer can erase the point of death. Praise the name of the Lord. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, this is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die. Now, this was the number one prophet in the land. He was speaking by God. He wasn't speculating. He was accurate. You will not recover. He says, thus says the Lord. Ezekiah thanked the prophet. Thank you, sir. And did what? Faced turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Ah. Turn your face to the wall and pray to the Lord. Turn your face to the wall means take your focus off the report, even of the prophet. If it doesn't align with what God is saying concerning you or what you desire of God, <laughs> and face the Lord. And he said to God, Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully. <laughs> he made a case for himself. He made a case for himself. Many people think that serving God is, is, is just for people that don't have work to do. Your service to God can save you on the day of death. 
Some people believe that sacrificing to, for God is just when it's convenient. I'll do it. No, it's not convenient. I'm, I won't do it. It can be what will stand between you and the grave. Some people are just not faithful. They, you can't, God cannot expect them to be consistent in a certain area. Consistently. When it's comfortable, they drop it. When it's not comfortable, they do it. When it's comfortable, they do it. When it's not comfortable, they throw it out of the, of the window. Ezekiah could say to God, I have worked before you faithfully with wholehearted devotion. And I have done what is good in your eyes. Now, he's talking to God that sees the heart of all men. If he was lying, what would have happened? And Ezekiah wept bitterly. He was passionate about his prayer. It was heartfelt. It was passionate. Now, verse 4 says, Before Isaiah had left the middle of the court, he had delivered the, the message to the king in the king's chambers. He was still in the palace. Before he had left the middle of the court, the word of the Lord came to him saying, Go back to Ezekiah, the ruler of my people. This is what the Lord says. The God of your father, David, I have heard your prayer. God, we hear your prayer. Amen. Your prayer will negate every negative utterance Amen. concerning your life and destiny. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. When you come and you break the alabaster box of oil, so to speak, and you cry and you are praying, God sees it. God sees it. God sees it. And I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will get up from your sick bed and go up to the temple of the Lord. You know, that's another thing about God. God could have healed him instantly. God decided to take three days. I don't know why. When we get to heaven, we'll find out. You know, some people are healed instantly. Some people, it's a period over a period of time. Some people, I mean, I don't know. It says, I will add 15 years to your life and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Syria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. I mean, for, for, for some people, he's not even the number one prophet of the land. He's one hungry guy that calls himself a prophet that tells you your mother is a witch and you begin to beef the woman and hate the woman for nothing. This life I'm thinking if I say this story or not for time, but I'll tell you anyway. Um, <laughs> you have to, because there are a lot of, there are a lot of prophets out there, put on quote. A lot of them are herbalists. But they know people don't go to herbalists anymore, so they've rebranded. But you have to be led by the Spirit of God consistently. Even when the number one prophet of the land said to Ezekiah, this is what the Lord says. 
Ezekiah faced the war. Before Isaiah could walk out of the temple, he changed the decree. And God said, go back and tell him. This is what I am now saying. So we say, once God has said it, it that is it. Ah, there are some, you see, you need to understand the, the difference between prophecy, God's promises, and God's decrees. A prophecy can be changed. It doesn't make God a liar. A promise may not be fulfilled. It doesn't make God a liar. But a decree must stand. Different dynamics. And as you see, you have to be in charge of your life spiritually, which is what I mean. I'm totally excited about. I'm, I'm fired up as in, as in almost I like can feel literal fire <laughs> when this, you know, the videos because you, it, it, it sucks you in a, and puts you in a place spiritually that you can't even recover from. And in this world, in our, particularly in our culture, you have to be on top of your game spiritually. You know, like, it's a story I won't tell you. I'll tell you now. The, I have this phone, my phone, my main phone. The network sometimes just, there's, there's um, cross talk or, I mean, calls coming in from strange numbers. And so I pick the number, the person says, Nakwana. I'm like, Oh God, this is the wrong number. He says, ah, well, you know, I don't know, this is the wrong number. So that happens a lot. Or it's a woman or it's a, I mean, so when I say it's a strange number, sometimes when you, when you give it a missed call, they call you back. So you, I just pick it and tell them, wrong number. So I saw a, a strange number. I was on my study, preparing for a service. And God said to me, Curse him. Ah. I'm like, ah. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, we have to be civilized people. I just call somebody you don't know. So I was, I was like, okay, so I picked the call, and the person was like, um, and I said, oh God, this is a wrong number. I said, no, this is not a wrong number. And he started giving me instructions. And he started, he now switched into incantation. I, I said, you called the wrong number. <laughs> you actually called the wrong number. <laughs> I didn't know I was that, um, my wife ran into the room. To the room. Ah, Rishi, Rishi, curses. <laughs> By himself, he dropped the phone. I won't drop, you called. You know what? That's what my, my grandmother would say if you turn on your dollar, you know. You use small hand to, to go and look for trouble. Now, when the Holy Spirit said to me, curse him. I didn't know. I didn't know who was. So she was like, who is that? Who is that? And I told her the story. She was like, wow. And it doesn't happen after that. If you, in this work, Pascal is part of the world. 
in the civilized, because in the Western world, their demons are civilized. <laughs> their demons are, they have high uh, tech. They need to catch you on Facebook. They need to make you, uh, make the person uh, follow pornography on, on uh, some funny site. I want to like that too. <laughs> so, 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 our own only answers to fire, even their own to only answers to fire, is just an advanced deployment. <laughs> it's the same devil. Anyone that works, that's what he does. What's my point? What am I saying? What am I saying? What I'm saying is this. simple. If you are ready to see a turnaround, dare to pray boldly. God is listening. If you want to say a turn around, you need to dare to pray boldly. Ezekiah, he faced the wall. He prayed boldly. Lord, this is, this is what I've done. This is, this is what you have said. This is, he, he was bold. And you have to not only be bold, you have to be persistent. You have to be persistent. In Matthew 7, the, the verse 7 that, um, of, of verse 8, you know, ask and you will receive. The word ask there actually means ask and keep on asking. Be persistent. Ask, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. Why? For everyone that Asked, receives. Everyone that seeks, finds. And everyone that knocks, the door will be opened. To everyone that knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, and now, now God is now saying that. This is, the, this is the premise for this. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone? I mean, no, it, can't even, it doesn't even cross your mind. How many parents here, that when your, your child asks you for bread, you are struggling. It's a big temptation. You want to give us or give him stone anymore. Even though you overcome temptation and give them bread. Nobody. It doesn't even, it doesn't even cross your mind. He says, so if they ask for fish, do you give them a snake? He says, of course not. He says, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father, give good gifts to those who ask Him. How much more? How much more? God is saying, I mean, I'm better than this. What do you, who do you think I am? What do you take me for? Keep on asking. Jesus told a story in Luke, in Luke 18 of, of the importunate woman. Luke 18, 1. It, it says, the story was told to show that we should always pray and never give up. We should Always pray and what? And never give up. You see, there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God or cared about men, people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I am going to see that she gets justice. 
because she's wearing me out with a constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people that cry out day and night. God is saying to you and I, don't give up. You've been praying about it. Don't give up. Keep praying. Be persistent about it. And he says, I am a good God. I will answer your prayers. And he will in the name of Jesus. A classic is, is the story of Daniel in Daniel 10. Daniel has been fasting for 21 days, the Bible says. Now, something very interesting shared here. It says, then he said, the angel said to Daniel, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. But it took 21 days. I mean, come on. Do you want to kill the man? What happened? What happened? The dynamics of the supernatural is being exposed here. It says, I have come in answer to your prayer, but for 21 days the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. There are people that have prayed for things, the things have been released, but there is a spirit prince that is blocking the way. It, that spirit prince will not survive this vigil night. In the name of Jesus. It will not survive it. Sister Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Partial. Since now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in future, for this vision concerns a time, a time yet to come. So there was a blockage. So sometimes it's possible there's a blockage. And the place of prayer is the place of removing every barricade and every blockage. That's the place of prayer. So if you've you've prayed for something, don't give up. Don't give up. In fact, what you pray for, show us what you think about God, really. Your, your prayers reveal what you think about God. If you pray that God I just want to be able to eat me, my wife and my children or you could pray I don't just want to be able to eat alone I want to be able to feed 500 people and employ another 500. Can you see there are two different prayers? One feels it's all about him or her. It's all about me and my family. The others 
feel God is bigger than me. God can do much more than I can think or imagine. Praise the name of the Lord. If you bring up the text in Acts 16 again, it says, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Now, they, they didn't just pray. They prayed at a particular time of the day, at midnight. Everybody say midnight. midnight. What is the big deal about, about midnight? What's the big deal about midnight prayer? What's the big deal? The first thing, I'm going to give you seven things. Quickly, I will go. Number one, midnight, you have heightened spiritual activities. Matthew 13, 25. Between the hours of 11 and 3 is known to be this most spiritually active time. If you check, it's between those hours that activities, even dreams, Take place. It says, but that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the weeds and slipped away. Spiritual activity happens at night, not just night, midnight. I think spiritual. So if you want to change something spiritually, I'm obviously I'm not saying God doesn't answer prayers by day. I can't, I mean, it does effectively at that. Midnight is heightened, heightened, heightened. Angelic activities, heightened. Demonic activities, heightened. You want to be a player, a participant. And there are some of us, we've been having midnight prayer, midnight prayer, midnight prayer. Don't give up. The door is about to open. Don't give up. Number one reason. Number two is, what's the big deal about midnight prayer? The heavens execute judgment on the enemy at midnight. Exodus 11, 4 to 6. It says, Moses had announced to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says, at midnight tonight, I will pass through the heart of Egypt. All the firstborn sons will die in every family in Egypt. And from the oldest son of Pharaoh will sit on the throne to the oldest son of the lowest servant girl who grinds in the floor. Even the firstborn of all the livestock will die. Then a loud wail will rise throughout the land of Egypt. A wail like no one has heard before or will ever hear again. God executes judgment. For some people, the only thing left is that judgment to be executed. And it will be. In the name of Jesus. Number three. You can break open doors at midnight. Yes, you can. Judges. 16. Samson. You know, even though this was physical, it's figurative. Samson stayed in bed only until midnight. Then he got up and took hold of the doors of the gate. I yanked it off. Every door that is standing between you and where God wants you to be, in your work with God, in your health, in the fulfillment of your destiny, will be broken down in the name of Jesus. Fully and totally. 
Number four, great spiritual transactions happen. When? At midnight. Spiritual transaction happen. Remember Solomon? It was at midnight that God came and said to him, okay, you know, what do you want? You know, do you want the life of your enemies or this or that? And Solomon says, I want wisdom. I want wisdom. Yes, we are going to have the daily videos. But beyond the daily videos, I want to equip you in such a way that by yourself, I'm not saying every day of your life you'll be doing videos. That's not what I'm saying. I said, let this trigger you. Let this give you a depth that you can wake up and you can deal with issues yourself. What's the big deal about midnight prayer? From a person, from a man that has never lost a single battle, David, he shows us that it is a time of in-depth thanksgiving. It's a time of in-depth thanksgiving. Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 62. It says, I rise at midnight to thank you for your just regulations. I rise at midnight. Many of us need to show gratitude to God. And at midnight is a time of in-depth thanksgiving. Number six. What's the big deal about midnight prayer? Number six. It's the turning point between day and night. Between night and day, rather, is the midnight. That is a turning point. So the turning point happens at midnight. Ask Paul and Silas. The turning point happened. At, I mean, I'm not saying some things in the spiritual are speaking to us and they are instructing us. So things turn around when we engage in vigils, midnight prayer. Number seven, what's the big deal? Praying at midnight is a sacrifice that will not go unrewarded. It's a sacrifice that will not go unrewarded. It's a sacrifice that will not go unrewarded. You know, before um, I could, by God's grace, I could, I could almost, I can't remember when I started hearing God, but when I was a believer, I never really struggled with that. But when I became a pastor, I, I was, I, I mean, I, I was, I didn't feel, I didn't, I didn't have expressions of prophecy, word of knowledge, the gift of working of miracles, power, I didn't, you know, but I was, Hungry for it. And I said to God, <laughs> I know you want to give me this thing, so I will pray. So at midnight, I will get up and I will pray. 
So the enemy now wanted to be cheating me with sleep. I noticed that. I would get up and say, in Jesus' name. And I wake up, 6 a.m. Amen. This is cheating, you know. Ah, what's that? So, you know, so I said, okay, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be getting up from the bed. You know, that one, I used to try to do vigil on the bed, you know. I just say, in Jesus' name. I wake up in the morning and say, amen. So I said, okay, I'll be, I'll be kneeling down by the bed, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I will start, glory be to God. In the morning, for his mercy, said <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. This is cheating, this is cheating, this is cheating. Somebody is trying to cheat somebody here. I am not going to agree. Until one day, I got up, I was praying, and, you know, and sleep was trying to convince me very softly. You have worked all day. You know, you are still going to work tomorrow. Just sit down. You'll be fine. I mean, if, so, if, they, if, if, if they tricked you once, should they be able to trick you again? So I said to this body, I took it outside, outside of the house. We had this gravel, this strip of gravel in where I used to stay. I knelt down on the gravel. And I said, let's see the sleep that will catch me. Did you know that miraculously, I didn't feel sleepy again? Miraculously. It was a miracle from heaven. (laughs) And I would stay on the gravel. So the gravel became my prayer place. I would go on the gravel and stay on the gravel. Fill me with your power, Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power, Holy Spirit. Fill me. And I'll pray in tongues, and I don't even know for how long. I'm praying in tongues, I'm praying in tongues, I'm praying in tongues. I forgot. That's his impact. I forgot. Guess what? Praying at midnight is a sacrifice that will not go unrewarded. When everything began to burst forth, I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. There's someone who say that, oh, pastor, just lay your hands on me. I want to receive the power that, you know, I want to receive that. I said, okay, <laughs> I will lay hands on you so that you have the power to go on your gravel. <laughs> I'll pray. <laughs> I'll pray your prayers. <laughs> because it is so important. It's going to be inconvenient. In fact, the, the mini vigils, we call them mini vigils. Starts at 11, finishes at 3. Focused time of prayer. Lamentation as we pull the curtain. 2.19 says, Arise! Cry out in the night. Cry out! You can put your name there. In the night. In the beginning of the watches, Pour out. You see, there's a reason God is paying at emphasis on when to cry out, at what time to cry out, at, because of the significance of night prayer video. In the beginning of the watches, pour your heart 
like water before the face of the Lord. Lift up your hands towards him for the life of your children. That children means biological children. The one you have born, the one yet unborn. That children means everything that, we, that your life will produce. Your destiny, your, 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 your businesses, your career, your ideas, your innovations, your, your, your calling. The, the children means things that are beyond you, outside of you, that you gave life to. It's also a call for intercession for the life of your children. And as we come together to pray, there's a multiplier effect. There's a multiplier effect. In Matthew 18, 19, it says that if two will agree, Concerning anything here on earth, my father will do them. There's a multiplier effect. There's a multiplier effect. So, corporate prayer produces a multiplier effect. Everyone that you have been doing your bit, you have been holding your vigils, you have been doing your prayers, the floodgates is about to open in the name of Jesus. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. some of us, we have projects, spiritual projects that we have abandoned. We used to pray for them, but we are giving up. You are going to pick them up again. And the God of heaven will answer you. Yeah, yet some of us, we've had negative utterances made concerning us. Sometimes they are medical. Sometimes they are prophetic. Sometimes they are authoritative from your parents or your employer. You are going to rise up and you are going to cancel it in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. Oh, Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory in the name of Jesus. I want to pray with you because the first point of call for you is when you surrender your life to Jesus. When you say to Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. Pastor, pray with me. I want to pray with you. Say, but Pastor, I used to be born again, but can I come back to God? Yes, I want to pray with you also. If you're in one of those two categories, wherever you're seated, you don't need to come forward. I will pray with you wherever you're seated. That is me. Put up your hand now over your head. I will pray together. Quickly, can I put up your hand, put up your hand. Well, show it up. God bless you. Right there, God bless you. And right there, keep your hands up. Another hand here. God bless you, my sister. Another hand right there beside her. Right there beside her. God bless you. God bless you, right there. That is me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus at the back. That is me. That is me. Keep your hands up. The rest of us, let's, let's say to the Lord, give me the grace, O God of heaven. Give me the grace. Give me the grace to make my voice heard in the heavens. Give me the grace to overturn things that need to be overturned. Anybody else? Pastor, pray with me. I want to surrender to Jesus. Put up that hand. I will pray together. God bless you. Right there. God bless you. God bless you. Please pay attention. God bless you. Right there. Another hand there. God bless you. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. Tani o tu Because she ba ba lo ki. Tani.
That is surrendered to you today, Lord. They have cried to you, Lord. They have, they have, so, they have lifted their hands. They have, they have signified the surrendering to, to you, Lord. We ask that you have mercy upon them and save them. As they call upon you today, my Father, answer this once. We pray for every one of us. Renew our strength. Renew your grace upon us. And let your name be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praised. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord Jesus for his kindness and his